Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. So we're in the book of Acts. We've been in this series for, uh, I think this is the 15th week now. Uh, We're kind of going to close out the summer uh, getting through the book of Acts. And uh, our theme of this is serving Christ together, serving all of us together. Guess what? Make up the body of Christ where we're making a difference in the lives of people by displaying God's love to others. Amen? And Jesus gave us that mission before his ascension. He told his disciples, hey, guess what? I want you to go into all the world. And preach the good news. Preach the gospel. Preach to everybody what I have done. I have died. I have resurrected. And now people can have the forgiveness of sins by having their faith in Jesus Christ. And so all of a sudden the book of Acts records all the uh, different uh, events that are taking place in that early church. and, And really we are still living out the book of Acts in our lives. Because we are called to go out and to share the good news of Jesus Christ to all people. Last week... We talked about Peter's defense of the Gentile Christians, how Peter shared a beautiful discourse on the truth of salvation, that salvation was not just for the Jews, but that salvation was for all people. And he shared that in a beautiful way, which continued to open up the gospel. See, it's, it's, it's opening doors of the gospel. Even in your life, wherever you might be, workplace, school, wherever. I know Annette, she works at a company, a mortgage company, and she's continually looking for the doors to open up so that someone can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. It's opening up the doors of the gospel so that people's lives can feel the presence of God, that they can feel the love of God, that their lives can be impacted by the power of God. And so we're looking for those doors to open to the gospel. Amen? So... It was a beautiful discourse that Peter shared about salvation for all people. And today we're entering into chapter 16. And it's the beginning of Paul's second missionary journey. At the end of chapter 15, we see that Paul and Barnabas, I just want to highlight this for just a second. We see that Paul and Barnabas have a falling out. Paul approached Barnabas with the idea. He says, hey, Barnabas, let's go back to the churches that we visited in, the, in our first missionary journey. Let's go see how these, everybody is doing. Let's go make sure that they're still following Christ. Paul wanted to see that taking place, and Barnabas agreed. But Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark to accompany them. Paul disagreed with Barnabas' idea of bringing John Mark Because Paul was still upset that John Mark had abandoned them during their first missionary journey. He said, no, no, no. I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to put a ton of confidence in John Mark. He left us in the first missionary journey. I don't want to bring him in the second. He's not dependable. I highlighted this a couple weeks ago, if you remember. I said, this is going to be a point of uh, contention. And we've, we've come to that point. The disagreement remained unresolved so that Paul and Barnabas separated ways. Have you ever been in a disagreement? Have you ever not been in agreement with someone else that they want to do something else? And it's not necessarily that one is sinful. You just don't agree. And sometimes it becomes difficult for us. How do we reconcile that? But I want to share today because I think there's certain times in our life where maybe there's things that don't go our way, but God has a plan. Things maybe aren't going to, man, I have all my plan work out, and it's just not going, but God has a plan. This disagreement remained unresolved, so Paul and Barnabas separated ways, and Barnabas took John Mark, and he went to the island of Cyprus, which is part of their first missionary journey, to go revisit 
uh, those early Christians. And Paul recruited a man named Silas, and they traveled through Syria and Cilicia. And here's the interesting result from their disagreement. Sometimes we don't realize what God is doing. Instead of just one missionary journey, we, have now, we now have two. We have two missionary journeys taking place. God basically doubled up. He doubled down just because of the disagreement. He saw it. I'm not saying that God caused the disagreement, but he recognized the opportunity. And all of a sudden, guess what? They were both called to go out on missionary journeys. He gave Paul an opportunity to partner with Silas and Barnabas an opportunity to mentor and encourage this young man named John Mark. And what's really cool is that Paul and John Mark do not remain enemies. I don't know that I would ever say that they were enemies, but they reconciled later on in life. In fact, it records that the Apostle Paul, when he was in prison in Rome, guess who he sent for? For help. He sent for John Mark. And John Mark came. And it shows us that the relationship was restored. Isn't it amazing how God knows the big picture? Never underestimate what God can do through situations. Even if that situation at the time may appear hopeless and broken, guess what? God can use it. This is the subject that I want to focus on today. I want to focus how God uses different events in our lives to fulfill his mission, his ultimate purpose in reaching people with his love. That's the focus for today. And I've titled this message, A Series of Fortunate Events. Can we open up in prayer today just over God's word? Because we're going to dive in here. Acts chapter 16. If you're watching us today, I encourage you to open your Bible to Acts chapter 16. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. To study your word. God, I pray that it will become more than just a study. It will become a time of revelation. I pray, God, it goes deep into our hearts and into our lives and that will continue to con- change us from, the, from our inner being, Lord God. Not just from outward actions, but God, even from the inner core of who we are, Lord God, we will change our thinking and our direction and our ways to be more like you, to follow after you. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Many times when we face difficult situations or things don't go according to plan, it frustrates us. I don't know about you, but I hate when things don't go according to my plans. And, and many times we look at those situations, some people think, well, that's just, you know, just unlucky. Some people think of it as an unfortunate event. And we feel like nothing is going our way. But what would happen if we looked at the situations in our life as opportunities that God has opened up for us? Instead of viewing everything as unfortunate, we start viewing different situations as opportunities or doors that God is opening up for us to be able to walk through. Throughout chapter 16, you will see this take place in the lives of Paul and Silas, where their plans are changed and difficult situations becomes, guess what, not the abnormal, but they really become the norm of their life. Yet one event after another leads people to salvation. And the church in Philippi is established because of different events that took place that many of us would have thought were horrible. Guess what? God was using those events to open doors to people's lives. Let's begin looking in Acts chapter 16. I'm not going to read all of the scripture today. I am going to read a lot of scripture. um, But I encourage you to follow along if you want to. 
Uh, I'm going to summarize some of this. But Paul and Silas, they start their second missionary journey by traveling to Derba and Lystra. In Lystra, they met this young man. His name was Timothy. And guess what? Timothy decided he was going to join the missionary team. And he's going to go along on this missionary team. And if you know, if you've read any of the, of the, of the Gospels, if you've read any of, the, of Paul's letters, you know that Timothy becomes a young man who Paul continues to mentor through years to come. In fact, we have two books of the Bible called what? First and Second Timothy. And these aren't written by Timothy. These are letters that were written by Paul and letters of encouragement saying, hey, Timothy, you're doing a great job. Hey, Timothy, guess what? You, you're, gonna, you're bringing the gospel to people. Hey, Timothy, stay strong. We all need encouragement, amen? After leaving Lystra, we're on this second missionary journey. Verse 6 states this, and I want you to catch these thoughts. The Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. That's verse 6. And then again in verse 7 it states, again the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there and that was Bithynia. And we don't know how the Spirit held them back. We don't know how the doors were closed. We just know that the Spirit didn't allow Paul and Silas and the team to go into these areas. And the thought I had about this, have you ever had doors shut in your life? Have you had opportunities that you thought, man this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Man, this is going to be wonderful. I'm looking so forward to this. This must be God. See, Paul and Silas, they're on their second missionary journey. They've already got a plan planned. They're going to go revisit the churches that they've already planted. They're going to go visit those. And we always have these plans in our life. These jobs, these opportunities, these homes, these everything that we want to do, how we're going to, what careers we're going to take, what church we're going to attend. We have all these things and all of a sudden God closes the door. How do you react when God closes a door in your life? Do you want to act with disappointment? Do you see it as unlucky and an unfortunate event? Or do you see it as an opportunity that God might be opening up another door in your life? Maybe there was a new open. That was what's taking place here. See, Paul and Silas were trying to preach the word of God in the province of Asia. But the Holy Spirit was shutting the doors. Why? Because God was opening up a new opportunity for Paul and Silas. But before God, catch this, because I want you to catch this for your life. Before God could open up the new door, he had to close some doors that they were still trying to get through. Before God can open up a new door in your life, sometimes he has to close the doors because you're so focused, especially if you're a man in here. You get so stinking focused because I do it all the time. I have na- I'm narrow thinking, narrow minded. And God says, no, 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 close that thing. I gotta, I'm open up a new thing in your life. You need to see it. It's a great reminder for us that the Holy Spirit is always working on our behalf and on the behalf of others. When God closes his door, it's for the purpose of opening up another door. Paul and his team end up traveling to a city that's called Troas, which is a coastal city located in the northwest corner of Asia Minor. Troas was a major seaport in the Roman province. And this is where I want to pick up the story. And I want to pick it up in uh, verse 9 of chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, you follow along, or if you don't, you can follow along on the screen here today. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Smatherace. I probably butchered that, but that's okay. And the next day, we landed in Neapolis. 
From there we preached, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there for several days. This is the first of several events that I want to highlight in chapter 16. Many theologians referred to this vision that Paul had in Troas as the Macedonian call. It was basically a gateway for the gospel to enter into Europe. See, Paul was thinking about Asia. God was thinking about Europe. Because, God was, because Paul was willing to obey God's calling to Macedonia, catch this, the churches of Philippi, Thessalonica, and Corinth were all established. All because Paul said, you know what, I surrender to whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to my life. I'm going to say no to this. And God opens up a whole new fresh door where the gospel is going to be preached. And the history of the church is forever impacted by that decision. Do you know the history of your life can be forever impacted when you listen to the power of the Holy Spirit and say no to something that that the door is opening to and God's closing it and say yes to the door that God is opening in your life. It can change your life. I see so many people who waste opportunities. They, they, the, God is trying to help them. He's trying to close the doors. And they, keep, they put their foot right in the door so they can't get quite closed. God opens another door. And they're just fighting their way through a way that God doesn't want them to go. We need to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is, going, is working in through our lives. Another interesting change happens here in 16, chapter 16. If you're not paying attention, you can very easily miss this. But notice that in verse 10, the narrative changes. It is no longer being told in third person. It is now being told in first person. The word we is introduced. It appears that Luke has joined the team. The author of Acts is no longer a bystander. The author of Acts is actually on the team. It says that God was calling us, that we boarded a boat. This is the first time in the book of Acts where all of a sudden we, we see the we and the us and Luke has boarded, has joined the team. So Paul and his team sail from Troas and they find their way to Philippi, which is a major city in Macedonia and a Roman colony. They stayed there for several days and on the Sabbath, they went to find a place to pray. And they were kind of looking for other people to pray with. And, and so they were walking around. And it's here where they run into some God-fearing women who were praying. And one of those women was named Lydia. As they shared the gospel message to Lydia, the Lord opened up her heart. And it says in the scripture that she believed what Paul was sharing. The word of the Lord took root into her heart. And it states in verse 15 that her entire household were baptized as followers of Jesus. Lydia then insisted, and I love this part, she insisted that Paul and the entire team, guess what, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to stay in my house. If you believe that I'm a believer, if you believe that I'm a follower of Christ, no, no, you're going to offend me if you don't come to my house and stay with me. And so she has Paul's entire team. And if you don't catch on what's going on, this is church planning. Church planning 101. All of a sudden, Lydia, first salvation in Philippi. (laughs) Guess what? We're going to plant a church here. Lydia opens up her house. Guess what? It's home church right here. This is base base camp right here. We're going to make a difference right from this place. Pretty, Pretty exciting stuff, guys, how God opens up the things. Verse 15, it says, Our entire household were baptized as followers of Jesus. Let's pick up the story again in verse 16 of chapter 16. It says, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, 
we met a slave girl who had, and I remember this, a series of fortunate events, one event after another. One day we were going down to the place of prayer. We met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters of foretelling by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these, are men, these men are servants of the Most High God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Pretty good message. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her and instantly it left her. Her master's hope of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities in the marketplace. The whole city was in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them uh, stripped and beaten with wooden rods. I'm glad I don't live in that society. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Now as I read this story, you might want wonder, why was Paul so exasperated with this slave girl? Why was he all of a sudden just got to this place where he basically, you know, because basically the statement that she was making was true. They have come to tell you how to be saved. But why would, he, why, why would she proclaim, even proclaim this, if she's being led by Satan? This is one that I think all of us can wrestle with, a, a part of Scripture. You go like, what's going on? And, and I believe, I, this is my personal belief, I believe it's all a part of deception. The enemy loves to deceive. And if somehow she could expose Paul and Silas, it would, be, it would bring credibility to her as a fortune teller. But the last thing, I want you to catch this, the last thing that Paul desired was for the message of Jesus Christ to be associated or confused with the devil. Those two things never mix. And it kind of reminds me how the devil continued to tempt Jesus when he went into the wilderness. A lot, some of the temptations were not that bad of temptations. And the devil just kept, Jesus kept on saying, get behind me, Satan. And Jesus kept on quoting word, the word of the Lord over him. Because he never wants, and this is what we need to understand in our life. We never want to glorify or give glory to the things of Satan. We always want to give glory to God. And that's what the Apostle Paul was focused on here today. Uh, you're not going to get any of this glory. You know what? Demon, come out of her in Jesus' name. And the demon fled. But man, I tell you what. Now this began an uproar. Guess what took place? Her master, who was making lots of money. In fact, it says in Scripture, he was thinking he was going to get wealthy, like beyond wealthy. Because all of a sudden she could tell, all of a sudden that ability in her. That was by a demon, all of a sudden is gone. And now, guess what? He is madder than a hatter. You have just stolen away my income. And basically, he calls Paul and Silas out, and he gets all the uh, people in the city upset, and he calls the, the officials in, and they strip him down, Paul and Silas. They beat him, and they throw them into prison. And we look at it as, at, remember, they don't have the book of Acts to read how the story's going to end. They're living it today. And any one of us, if we would have walked through that situation, any one of us would have seen that, oh my, this is tragedy. This is horrible. 
Let's continue to read the story because Luke reveals how this was a fortunate event that brought great glory to God. Now remember, Paul and Silas are in prison. And we're going to start in verse 25. Around midnight, remember the word midnight. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were, were listening. They must have been pretty good singers for them to be listening. Every time I read this, it amazes me. I mean, think about their, their calling of their mission is so clear that they never get thrown off. They've been beaten. I mean, severely beaten. They've been thrown into prison. And most of us would have been in a situation that we would have just been feeling sorry for ourselves. We'd have, you know, maybe we'd be praying, but God, why have you done this? Why have you, why have you put, why are you looking down upon me? Why are you, why are you punishing me, God? Why, 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 why? What are they doing? They're singing praises to God. They know they're on mission. They know they have a purpose. And it doesn't matter what's thrown at them. Guess what? God is going to complete the purpose that he has set before them. Verse 26. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors, the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Where do you even get this thought? He had to have gained this thought because of all the commotion that was happening before. I mean, this, this, this girl that was demon-possessed, she was saying these guys are, they, they, he had this thought implanted in him. What must I do to be saved? Now remember, the jailer was responsible for Paul and Silas and the other prisoners. He was ordered, do not let them escape. If Paul and Silas would have fled the prison, it would have been a death sentence upon the jailer. Because he was ordered, do not let them escape. It's not like today where you make a mistake, you get a slap of your hand or you get written up. No, no. It was a life and death situation. He would have died because of the mistake that he had made. Now think about what's happening. Because I think sometimes we miss this part. Paul and Silas have been beaten. They've been thrown into the inner dungeon, which is the most difficult place to get away from. They're praising and singing God. They're worshiping to God. And all of a sudden, this earthquake just comes in and starts to shake the very foundations of the prison. It shakes so hard that all of a sudden, the prison doors come loose and they're open. Wouldn't that be a sign, man, that God has provided a way for your escape? Right? Wrong. Wrong. 99% of us, would have been out that gate and down that road without any hesitation. Most of us would have seen that earthquake as an opportunity that God has, man, he just opened up the door for a way of escape. But the earthquake wasn't sent for Paul and Silas to escape through the doors of the prison. The earthquake was sent so that the door to a jailer's heart could be opened. Many times... We miss what the Spirit of God is trying to do. We see one thing as we have become so focused on what the, 
the surroundings, the outer things. Where we need to be in touch inner, in our inner being. What is the Holy Spirit speaking for me to do? Paul says it was amazing. There's just awareness of what the Holy Spirit was doing to realize that this, was an oppor- this opportunity wasn't for them, but it was for the jailer to be set free. It's another occurrence of fortunate events. To the jailer's question, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas responded in Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And catch what happens next. This jailer who was responsible to keep Paul and Silas in prison, we don't even know that he might have been the one that beat them. He might have been the one that was whipping them with the rods. We don't understand. But this jailer who was responsible all of a sudden takes them out of the prison and takes them to his home. Where it says in scripture he, he cared for them and bandaged them and, and looked over their wounds. Talking about amazing sequence of events. And look what happens in verse 33. Even at that late hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Salvation is coming to Philippi. Come on, somebody. Things are changing. They're getting baptized. This entire household was baptized. There was no hesitation. There was no delay. There was no waiting for it to work out in my schedule. Well, if it works out, you know what? I think I might. Let me see. Well, this day I'm going to. There was no waiting. I need to be baptized. I've been changed. My life has been forever affected by the power of God. They responded immediately to the word of the Lord. They were so grateful for what God was doing in their life that they didn't want anything to rob them from God's blessings. And they were immediately baptized. We're doing baptisms today, guys. It's going to be good. Catch this. It's in the middle of the night. Do you remember what time the earthquake happened? Midnight. Everybody else in Philippi is sound asleep. But I'm telling you right now, at the home of the jailer, there was a party going on. It wasn't a party filled with drunkenness and sex. It was a party filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that was moving through that house and it was moving through the lives of people. And people were being baptized at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, being set free from their sins. And guess what? The love of God was outpouring into their lives, all because Paul and, Bar- Paul and Silas made a decision to follow the movement of the Holy Spirit. The jailer, who was most likely the patriarch of the family, was inches away from taking his life. I mean, he was right there, ready to pierce a sword right through him. But now he's found new life through the miraculous love that God displayed through Paul and Silas. In the natural, this event seemed like a horrible situation. And yet God used it for his glory. So the question for all of us today, how are we looking at the events of our life? Are we viewing them as unfortunate or are you seeing them as opportunities for God's glory to be displayed? Come on, somebody. How are you viewing things? Today you've heard an opportunity to hear the word of God and how and now you have to decide how are you going to respond. And this is so, for, I, this applies to me so much in my life. And I, I want to apply it to you. 
Will you respond in faith or fear to the word of the Lord? Will you allow God to open up your heart? The areas of life where maybe you've closed that door and God is saying, I've opened up a new door, you need to walk through it. Will you allow God to change your thinking? Oh, that's a big one. Will you allow God to change your thinking? Is your thinking always negative? Is your thinking always, you know, not enough? Is your thinking that, you know, you're not satisfied? Is your thinking that, man, why are all the bad things always happening to me? Why is it? Can you allow God to change your thinking? Because Paul and Silas did, and look what took place. The glory, of God, the glory of God showed up. All because they were willing to say, you know what, there must be a reason why this is taking place. Because we know we have a calling, and we're following after the Holy Spirit. When difficulties arise, can you break away from thinking that you're unlucky or just unfortunate? Can you jump into a realm of knowing that God has a plan for your life? And that plan is not against you. It's for you. Why don't you take a step of faith today? And say, you know what, God? I'm going to put my trust in you. I don't care what I see taking place. I don't care what I see is happening. I'm going to step out in faith and put my trust in you. Even if it's a situation where I get a pink slip and I'm all of a sudden losing my job, God, I'm going to step out in faith and say, God, you must have another door open for me. Even when all of a sudden you, you're really wondering how you're going to make your house payment, you're thinking, I'm going to lose my house. You can say, man, God, you know what? I'm going to step out in faith. You must have another plan for my life today. You see, so many times we get stuck in our thinking and God wants us to get out of the thinking that we have that is a, that is a, a worldly thinking. He wants us to get into the thinking that He has for our life and it's being led by the power of His Spirit. This week, I want you to take every opportunity, every event that takes place, good or bad. If a good event takes place in your life, Lord, man, I praise you today. I thank you for what you're doing in and through my life. Amen. If a bad event comes to you, that it takes place in your life, Lord, I thank you. I want to praise you for everything that you're doing in and through my life. I'm not going to change my praise for you, Lord, because you never changed your love for me. So, God, I'm going to continue to praise you in the good and the bad. And I'm going to believe, Lord God, that you are making a way through the wilderness. That things are going to change and salvation is going to take place. And, God, my children are going to love you. Lord God, my parents are going to turn their lives around. They're going to be set free from bondage in Jesus' name. Whatever it might be, it's the opportunity to start changing your thinking. I'm going away. I'm no longer looking at the things in a negative way. I'm looking at them in a positive way. What is the Spirit of God trying to do? Lord, we thank you for your word today. Woo! It's all you. It's you moving through our lives. It's you moving through me when I'm so inadequate. It's you moving through us when we feel weak and irresponsible and less than. It's you making us more than. Because, Lord God, in our weakness, we find your strength. And God, we praise you today. I pray over everyone in this congregation. The ability, Lord God, to see your power working through each and every one of us. The ability to recognize the power of your spirit. I pray for those watching online today. Maybe they've been just struggling. 
and it's just been a difficult time. And they've been viewing it that maybe they're even viewing that you're against them. Why is God doing this? God, change your thinking. Change your thinking in such a way it's not, why is God doing this? It's, why is God doing this? What, what's the opportunity that God has put before me? Let everything that we do, God, I pray, let everything that we do glorify you. If you're here today or maybe you're watching us online, then you need to step out in faith in your life. Maybe it's salvation. But maybe, it, maybe it's another area of your life where you've just, where you've just closed. Your, maybe you've left the door open that God's trying to close or maybe God's opened a door and you don't want to walk through it. And God said, no, it's time. Maybe it's water baptism. You, you baptized years and years and years ago. Or maybe you've never been baptized. You've never made that commitment. Or maybe you were baptized years and years ago, but it just had no meaning to you. You didn't understand what you were doing. And God's knocking on the door of your life and says, hey, I want you to be baptized today. I want you to declare to everyone, I am being washed of my sins. I'm being set free. And I am being put on a path to follow after you. Whatever it might be in your life. Whatever God is speaking into your heart, I want you not to listen to me for a minute. In fact, open up your eyes for just a moment. I don't want you to respond in fear. Oh, no, everybody's going to see me be baptized. I don't want to do that. Oh, no, no, no. I can't let people see what's going on inside of me. If people actually knew, they wouldn't like me. Welcome to the world. Stop living in fear. Take a step of faith and watch what God will do in and through your life. If you want to be baptized today, we have a list. It's small. So we have plenty of spaces right now to move forward in. And we'd love to do it in second service. I don't stay here, stay for the second service. We'll baptize at the end of service. If you can't stay, I'll baptize you right now. It doesn't matter. So whatever you want to do, man, it's opportunity time. You just need to let me know. But I want to say a prayer of blessing over us today before we're dismissed. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this church. God's going to do some amazing things. God's creating an environment in this place that's going to start changing lives. He's creating an environment of faith and not fear in Jesus' name. He's changing hearts and lives, and we're going to see more and more. We just got to believe and trust God. Amen. He's changing some of your guys' life. I've talked to this week, people's lives who have been changed and rocked by the power of God. Grab a hold of it. Stay under the truth of God and watch what God will do good through your life. Lord, we thank you for today. Woo! Thank you for your power of your spirit. I thank you for breakthrough in our lives. God, this week, this month, this year, everything that we do, I pray God would glorify you. Let us see, Lord God, the opportunities that you present before us. And let us, Lord God, respond, I pray, in faith. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.